Yeah, hi everyone. It's great yeah, to be with you all. And yeah, I'm excited for what the Lord wants to share today. And um, I think it's just been so cool. I think even some of the confirmations also been coming through what other people have been sensing and feeling. So it's really, I'm excited. So just a bit about myself. Um, yeah, my name is Ginter Hisselman. Um, I studied industrial engineering and now working as a transportation engineer for those who don't know me that well. And yeah, I think some of the stuff or some of the subjects that were I really find the most intriguing and really enjoyed the most in university was um, mathematics and also eventually computer programming. I think those two, yes, uh, I would lay awake at night sometimes and just do the homework because it's so fun for me. So <laughs> I know not a lot of people can relate, but if some of you, yeah, you share my passion. <laughs> I still carry that book. Um, still, I put it in my office this week. Uh, no use of it. I haven't opened up in years, but I still carry it around because it's so sentimental. <laughs> Um, so I, so another part of me, of who I am, is um, I tend to overthink a lot. My brain really can, with some stuff, like it's not everything, but to really go into great depths and very detail. And sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse. Um, so in terms of blessing, it's great for engineering. You can, you can dissect the problem, you can see all the options, even strategic um, in some board games, like I used to play chess also. You can see all the alternatives, all the options, and you can make the best decision because you just go into all the details. Um, so that's great, you know, for a lot of practical stuff to solve problems, that's a great attribute. Where it becomes a bit more difficult, the curse part is when you start working with people or try to just be a normal human being in the society. Then you don't want to be overthinking everything and just say, well, what did that person say? Why did the person say it like that? What's the real intentions? Like, that's just going to drive you crazy. So I think that's where it becomes a little bit of a curse. Another one, and I'll tell this because of a story, is when people start sharing details, like, yeah, so I cut open my knee. Laura sometimes, she's an oral hygienist. She shares some of her stories, and uh, she does surgery, assist in that. And then she's training me to be stronger. But in the past, when people tell me they got a cut, I, I imagine it so intensely that I've got a cut on my leg. Um, I think yesterday we were speaking about babies being born, and I felt I, or my sister's actually pregnant, and I felt I maybe have a baby in my stomach. I'm just like, this is intense, man. It's like, I really, I love myself. So when some of you sometimes tell me stories about the way you got injured or stuff, I sit there, but I'm halfway fainting. I'm just trying to stay awake. So I've had really um, some intense experiences. I want to show compassion and love and empathy and hear you, but on the other side, my brain is... I'm, I'm experiencing so intensely on my inside, like so I'm really, it's almost like I'm experiencing your pain with you. Um, I don't know how the Lord got that thing into me as an engineer, but somehow it came in here that I really um, I experience empathy quite strongly in someone's um, shares and the struggle and even sometimes emotional stuff. That's a bit more difficult, but physical stuff, yes, I feel that pain. Eh? My leg is sore, cut off, toe. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had all the sicknesses in the world. Um, <laughs> So, so one story what happened is in grade 9, this is 2009 now, I was laying in my bed one day in um, residence in, in school, and then I just felt very sick, like, yo, this is not a good day. I'm calling my parents, hey, I don't, yo, I don't know, I'm very sick, you need to take me to the hospital. So they take me, I sleep over their place, I'm close by, and the morning, Saturday morning, I lay in bed, I wake up, I feel weak, I feel I don't want to eat, and in my head it's like, yo, I think I got AIDS somehow. Like, I don't know how this happened, but I learned in life orientation that if you don't want to eat and you're feeling weak, 
it's AIDS. So now I'm laying there, I'm 14, 15 years old, I'm like, oh, this happened, my life's going to end now. I'm on my way out. Eh? So I'm just thinking, oh, what have I enjoyed? I enjoyed that one board game, I enjoyed my Game Boy, enjoyed running, it's been a good life. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go now. So now I'm laying there, and this is intense, I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to hear my, my fate and doom. Um, anyway, so diagnosing myself here. I go to the hospital here, medic clinic in Durbanville. They test me and stuff and say, my sir, sorry, we, we realize you're just dehydrated. <laughs> so I <laughs> just didn't drink enough water and I thought I had AIDS. So just showing how my brain works, it runs into a spiral. And yeah, you think you're smart, so you back yourself. So whatever you think is right, and that's sometimes just a lot of rubbish. I can think a lot of bad, like wrong stuff and be incorrect, and you don't, you don't see that for yourself. Sometimes you just think you're always right. When I think I'm sick like this, I am sick. No matter what you tell me or the doctors, I've got all these weird issues. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of cancers also in my life, and it's, it's been hectic. I think, um, yeah, I also struggle with my gut, so I've imagined all stuff. I know once I ate, a, ate chicken, and then um, I was sleeping on my side in a camp. I felt something poke me. I thought, oh, I think I got a chicken bone in. It's now poking my intestine. So I just laid very still. I hope I don't need to get rushed to the hospital in Armanus. So these are some of the battles that I have. And I know for many of you, you're thinking like, this is like nothing. But for me, it's real. It's intense in that moment. Yeah, so that's, that's a bit tough. Eh? But I want to tell you a bit about a more recent story, which actually I think this is the worst it's, it has gotten. And... Um, so it gets a bit more real. So it was last year, actually, 2022. Um, so what happened, I now just started work. Um, I moved to Durbanville, Stellenbosch, like all the friends and the community I had there, um, it was left behind. I've got work stress, projects and deadlines, and deadlines that are just moving on and on and on. I don't understand this. Um, and you needing to figure this out. I got a girlfriend also, praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> and... Now she's my fiance, which is great. <laughs> but, you know, all of this stuff just adding, I think even some church responsibilities and needing to navigate all of these things all at once. Um, so sometimes I would wake up in the evenings, I would wake up, and I know the first thing I felt is my, my muscles are twitching here. Um, it's just twitching my, my bicep. And so I know I had COVID. I knew I had the vaccine. So like, okay. I've heard about stuff like blood clots. So now I think there's a blood clot here in my arm. It's, it's trying to pass through, but it's getting stuck in the vein. And now it's just like pulsating or throbbing. And I'm just like, oh, this is bad. It's like 12 o'clock at night. And I've heard if a blood clot goes through your heart, you might die. So this is like very intense. There's no one here to give me a second perspective. Um, so this became actually quite stressful. I knew my response was... Um, there was a bit of wine in the kitchen, so I just drank a little bit of wine, and now it thins the blood, so just to help the blood clot go through. It's all this weird stuff I get up to, like my own head, my own room, and it's really, very really difficult. But I know then later on, other parts of my muscles also started twitching a bit more. Eventually, um, I think I would wake up and I feel parts of my brain twitching. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, but for me, now I'm thinking about, okay, actually something must be wrong. Like, this isn't right, you know? That all the stuff is twitching all over. My brain is... And I'm thinking, maybe something's wrong with my brain. And maybe there's something in my brain wrong. Maybe even like a tumor or something. It's actually causing my muscles to twitch. And 
I'm speaking to people every now and again, and they say, no, it's okay, it's nothing. But in the evenings, I get woken up by these muscle twitches. It's me and my brain on my own. I need to figure this out. And this has actually been coming along for a few months, or most of the part of last year. There's a lot of times I couldn't sleep. And the fears that started to, to come in, it's like, okay, you're going to die in a short while. And I'm like, yes, Lord, but... Uh, I don't know how to deal with this. And people say this to me, but how my brain works is I can't just take it as it is. Um, I need to get surety for me because I'm feeling stuff in my body that's not normal, it's not right. And I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to process this. So I just feel a bit stuck and I feel a bit like life is just going to end. Even it's it's going to get a blood clot one day. It is blood clots. It's going to go through my heart or through my brain. It's going to get a stroke or a heart attack. And then later on, I got pains in my heart also, where I would just, there would be this strong pain. It's almost like a knife. It just gets jabbed into your heart for a few seconds. And it's quite an extreme experience. And just calm down, because if I breathe too much, I might die. So, and, or I just calm down and start breathing normally again. So all this stuff was just mauling through my head. And I don't know how to deal with this. So I would share, I would share with some people, they would pray for me. Um, but it, it was a challenge. So, I'm not going to tell you how this ends yet. Um, I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey. Um, so, maybe let's put up the first um, scripture, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 13 to 17. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this He called you, through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. So with this scripture, there's a lot in here. I tried processing this scripture for almost two, three weeks. I just couldn't get it into my head. It was like it's a block. And I was like, Lord, but what is the essence you want to speak to us through this? And I think the first part of we always ought to give thanks to God. I'll get to that later. But in verse 15, it says, So then, brothers, stand firm. And that part just stood out for me, to stand firm, actually. And... There's a lot of details I'm not going to go into here, but I think standing firm is what the Lord is calling us to um, in trials and in tribulations. We need to stand firm, and there are many other scriptures that speak about standing firm. Um, If you go to John 16, verse 33, Jesus saying to his disciples, "Um, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus actually saying, you will have tribulation. You will have trials. That's a given. If you start experiencing weird stuff, difficult things in life, it's not because you may be doing something wrong. It's, it's life. It's happening. And Jesus says, okay, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, so take heart. Take courage. I think the Bible often encourages us. There's other scriptures also. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 11. It speaks about, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. 
oh, sorry, that's 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 also. Um, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. The Bible is constantly, every now and again, <laughs> sorry, that's a bit of a contradiction. Um, the Bible is often encouraging us, take courage, stand strong. Even Justin in the prayer meeting this morning shared about Caleb and um, how they, they went into the land to sort of spy it out. And these guys, they, oh, these giants are too strong. We won't be able to do it. They lost heart. And how, um, I think it was Caleb who encouraged the people. I can't remember exactly if it was Moses or Caleb now, but some people had to be encouraged again because they became disheartened. I think that's how we humans are often. We become disheartened so quickly. We lose hope. We lose faith. That's why Jesus and the disciples and Paul, Moses, Caleb, saying, take heart, take courage, because we need to take courage to go through these trials and tribulations. It will come. But Jesus has given us these promises that he will be with us. He will keep us strong. He will give us peace. Yeah, so what happened with me waking up here in the middle of the night, it's like, Lord, I don't know what to do anymore. So I would just start praying in tongues. I'm like, I need to start fighting this thing. Just start praying in tongues and walking up and down my room, praying until I feel a sense of peace come into my heart. Then I would force myself to go back to sleep because I can't just lay there awake the whole night. Then I would sleep with the throbbings in my head, with stuff twitching. I was just, Lord, I'm just going to sleep now. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> um, because I do feel he's got a plan for our lives. I think even at, at part, um, two Thessalonians are shared. We don't have to go there now, but it's because of this plan that God has for our lives. Not to say that we will live long lives, but he's got a plan. He's got us in his hands. He's the one who's actually guiding our lives. And I started to reason in this way that if he's got a plan for my life, I can actually start resting in that. It was difficult. I rested and then I didn't rest anymore. I rested and I didn't rest. But a sense started coming over my life that God has got a plan for me. And if he wants to take me off this earth earlier, then so be it. I must make peace with that. But he's the one who's in control. And I can actually just surrender my life completely to him. But these were the challenges I was facing in, in this trial for me. Because I didn't have peace. I didn't sleep well. I was tired during the day. I didn't rest because I would think of these things. Yeah, so, but this is probably the worst that he has got for me. Because now, in the start, it was funny when people start sharing, and I feel maybe I've got these pains that they don't have, that I don't have. But this really started to affect my life. I think the anxiety that came, the fear of dying, and the fear of your body giving in, the fear of the suffering that might come if you get a stroke or heart attack, the fear of cancer in my brain, what that would mean for me long term, what would it mean for my. My, my um, work. I don't have a girlfriend. What would that mean for us? Me just becoming sick. And so I have all these fears creeping up sort of as a provider, as a leader, as someone who loves other people, what it might do to others. And I just had to battle these things through. I'm like, yeesh. Uh-oh, this is difficult. To have. But I had to, and now, now coming to what I'm actually wanting to come to, and this is the title for my sermon, is um, Tools for Trials. Um, just three things that I've found to, for me to be helpful in this time that are for me like tools now in my arsenal that I can use when trials come up again. And hopefully for us to also be encouraged, realizing that you're not alone. When trials come, let's hold fast to the faith. Let's hold firm to the Lord and actually trust Him because He is good. He's got good plans for us. Um, and yeah, He's the one who says, take courage, take heart. He's with us. 
Jesus is sitting in the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us daily. He, is, he knows what we're going through, and He's not giving up on us. Yeah, so some of the stuff I was thinking is, I need to have faith in God, and I, I reasoned, but I realized Paul was stoned in the Bible quite a few times. He should have been dead, but God rose him up from the dead every time. If God wants someone to live, He will make sure that person lives. No matter if he gets stoned or what sicknesses he has, if that's God's plan for you, he will make a way. And I started, my faith started to rise up a bit, but it's still a battle. You don't have that surety. Every now and again, it's like, yeah, amen. And then you wake up throbbing in the head, and like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Maybe I heard wrong. And you, you're tired. You're sort of sleeping. So you're not, your, your brain isn't the sharpest. My brain is for surely not the sharpest when I wake up. And then I think all oh, funny things. Um, but yeah, so here are the three things that I, I, I it's, it's three T's to make it easy to remember. is thankfulness, um, togetherness, and thinking healthy. I should just say that again. Thankfulness, togetherness, and thinking healthy. So these were three tools that really helped me a lot in this, this fight. So it's sort of thankfulness. Um, I know years ago, um, I was going through also quite heavy, heavy waters. I think my heart was broken a bit, and I had a lot of emotions to deal with. And the one leader in the house I lived with, he said, but we're just going to worship the Lord now. And I'm, I'm almost crying. Eh? I'm, I'm on the ground. He's like, no, but the Lord is good, and we need to see that. We're going to sing it. We're going to sing You Are Good, that song from Bethel. We're going to sing it until faith rises, and that's true for you. So me and him in his room started to worship. Put that song, you are good. We start singing. As I'm singing, I'm crying. Eh? I'm not happy. I'm sad. <laughs> crying my, my eyeballs out. And then he repeats the song and repeats it and repeats it. I don't know how many times he sang it. But as I was singing and proclaiming the goodness of God, that he is good. Because I know my father. I know he's good. It doesn't seem like that now, but he is good. I'm going to proclaim it. As I'm singing and worshiping him, it's like something in my heart starts shifting. I was moving away from my emotions and allowing that to dictate what's happening in my heart. I'm starting to see God, and He's starting to dictate what's happening in my heart. He's starting to stir up faith in me, saying, but these are just temporary trials. They will fade, but He's eternal. And that thankfulness of learning to praise Him in the difficult times, I knew after that, every now and again, that same stuff would come. In the morning, I'm, I'm sad. I don't want to start this day. I just feel the Lord say I could jump. Jump and sing for me. So I started jumping in my room. Like, uh, it feels a bit weird, but I was jumping, and that started stirring joy in me again because we have joy in His presence. It's, it's a given for us. We just need to learn to actually take hold of what God has for us already um, and not just look at our circumstance and emotions. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Actually, also Rudy also had this today. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. The last one, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. I think no matter what we are facing, and this is Paul who wrote this, the man who was stoned, the man who was shipwrecked, who was in prison a few times, says give thanks in all circumstances. I know we're all battling with different things. We might not always understand what each one of us are battling through and going through. This is what the scripture tells us. This is what our Father is telling us. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I think just as me, as I struggled, 
by giving thanks, it's like the right perspective starts setting into my, my mind because I'm giving thanks. I'm not allowing the pressures of the world to dictate what I'm feeling or what I'm deciding or doing. I'm going to give thanks to Him. Yeah, there's also a description in Psalm 54, verse 1 to 7 about David. Um, if you can put that on, on Elmar, thanks. Um, so this is just giving a bit of background, verses 1 to 4, about the Lord being my helper, um, people wanting to come and kill David, and he's scared. That he's, he's scared for his life. And it's quite intense, I think, with Saul and everyone who wanted to come get him. But let's read from verse, from verse 4 onwards. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. David did not wait until all his problems were solved before he started praising the Lord and giving thanks to him. People were out to get him. They wanted to kill him. Like, I had these thoughts, okay, maybe I might die. But he's like, these people want to kill him and they're going to kill him. So that's like a bit more intense. But even in that, he's like, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to give thanks to the Lord for it is good. And this is just showing the character of David. Um, so I think it would be good for us also to take up. When we face these trials and difficult things, it's just not thanking him. It will be amazing, I think, how we would see our perspective change and faith starting to rise up again. The second point, togetherness. So what I would often do is when I start facing trials, I would just in the community group say, hey guys, this is what I'm battling with. So I shared a few times, I think, um, with, with both comms I oversee, like, I'm struggling with this stuff. I'm struggling with my health. Please pray for me. Like, oh, I'm getting these pains in my heart. Oh, I'm getting these throbbings. I'm going to the doctor. Please pray for me. And they would just pray for me, and that would help settle me, knowing I'm not alone in this battle. There's actually people around me who love me and care for me, um, which was really amazing. So that thing of togetherness, actually sharing our struggles with one another, I think that for me was it's so nice to know you're not alone. Because um, in your room alone, when that stuff happens, there's no one around. Um, but in the daytime... When you are with your people, you can just share and say, hey, pray for me. I'm struggling with this. I think there's an openness that's required for us to actually share what's happening on the inside of our lives. The cool thing is eventually with one of my work colleagues, we spoke a bit and um, we went a bit more deeper than usual. And he loves the Lord. He's actually now, he and his wife just immigrated to China as missionaries. Um, but he shared, we shared actually about just life and struggles and anxiety. And he shared, but he actually experiences exactly the same stuff as I did. And actually, it's, um, it's anxiety that causes that type of things. It's ex almost exactly the same symptoms than heart attack. So when I was saying this, and I know his brain works like my brain. I could relate to him over that. And it was amazing. He even went to a neur neurologist to actually just verify and get his brain checked out. And they said, okay, God, there's no problem with you. And for me, I had, this, I had the same thinking, there's probably nothing wrong with me. But hearing another guy with the same struggles as me actually being open, that for me gave me, it settled my heart. I don't need to go see a neurosurgeon or a neuro, neurologist. I wanted to. I was like, just come scan my brain. Just check it. there's nothing wrong here. Um, so in a way, the comfort of people, well, the comfort of God through people was really the thing that settled my heart. 
but we need to be open and share these things. Otherwise, people aren't going to know. People can't maybe give helpful input that's needed or just share their stories with you. So Galatians 6 verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's the law of loving your neighbor as yourself, loving God. Bear one another's burdens. Let's, let's keep an eye out for people who are carrying burdens. Let's be open to share our burdens to help make it easy for people to help us carry. The third one, thinking healthy. So I think this is uh, sometimes a difficult one to navigate because once our brains and our thinking goes into a rabbit hole, sometimes it's difficult to get out of it. In the beginning, I was very scared when I started feeling all this stuff and oh, I don't know what to do. So one of my first reactions was, I was like, Lord, speak to me. I need to hear what you're saying about this because I'm in my rational thinking, logical thinking, making all these deductions that I've got all these sicknesses. But Lord, what are you saying? Because I know your word is truth. So I just sat there and I just felt John 5 drop into my head. I go to John 5 and it speaks about, um, they say it's uh, invalids or people who are paralyzed, lame, blind. Um, but there's a guy at the, the, this pool where people would get healed. And Jesus comes there, and this is a person with a disability. Jesus says to him, do you want to be made well? And that was the first, that was the scripture the Lord gave me. As I'm sitting there with all the struggles, do you want to be made well? And Jesus healed that man. So I just, Lord, you are good. I can trust you. Um, that to me was so reassuring that he's the one, and this is what he says over my life. Even as Paul was stoned, he was Dead a few times and raised to life again. This is the God we serve. This all-powerful God who can heal us. And even if we've got all sickness, all odds against us, He's the God who doesn't work with odds. He's sovereign. He's mighty. And I think that is the thing that's starting to just wash over me. His mightiness. If He wants me to live, He will make me live. No matter what. So I'm not going to read old John 5 scripture, but I'm just paraphrasing. So 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when our obedience is complete. In verse 5, that stands out for me. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. The battles we are facing isn't just flesh and blood. The employer at work, the friend next door, people who are out to get you. Often there are things behind the scenes operating. And the enemy can also put thoughts in your mind and actually come and also have his hand at this. So while you're thinking all this stuff, he's sowing fear, he's sowing doubt in God. And it's just a bit of craziness and havoc when, when all these shots are fired, these fiery arrows are firing towards us. And we need to actually realize, and as, as Christians, realize we're in a war that's not just material, but there's other powers at work. And we need to fight in faith and not just in the physical, not just get a physical problem sorted out, actually get the things behind it, trust the Lord for victory in those things. And therefore, we need to take... Every thought captive um, to obey Christ. And 
to get it in alignment with God's Word. And that's a battle. That's a challenge. And we need to actually work through these things. So an important question to ask yourself is, whose voice are you listening to? And the ability to discern between this. We get three voices that speak to us. We've got God's voice, our own voice, and the devil's voice. All three of those one can have a role. And we need to learn as we grow how to discern. In terms of God's voice, Scripture he, he gave me, his assurance, it was his voice speaking to me. In terms of my own voice, it was my own over-analysis, my own overthinking, me trying to figure out the stuff. That was my own thoughts. I'm thinking that. The devil's voice is the fear that he was sowing, the lies that I will die soon. That's what the enemy, and now look, taking a step back and seeing clearly what was what, things make a lot more sense. But as soon as those three voices get stirred together and mixed, then, then is the Lord saying I'm going to die soon? Is the Lord telling or the devil telling me all this analysis stuff? I don't know. It just gets very confusing. We need to learn to hear the voice of the Lord, what he is saying, and stand on that. And need to know what is the enemy, what is ourselves. In the end, um, I spoke to one of my friends as a doctor because this was really bugging me. I had no peace anymore. I couldn't. It was just difficult. So I shared with her some of the symptoms, and she's like, Hey, you're a healthy guy, you exercise regularly. I think it's just anxiety. <laughs> Plain and simple. Okay, that, that's good to hear from a doctor, someone who's got the qualifications. And then um, suggested, go, go see your doctor, maybe do some tests. So I did that. Went to my doctor, we did some tests. All my tests came back perfectly, no problem. But she said, okay, but let's maybe do a little experiment just to see what it is. So she's prescribed me some um, low dosage uh, stress medication. So in my head, I'm like, no, never. I don't want to take stress pills. Um, but she said, let's just take, do it for two months. Let's just see what happens. So I started taking it at, at pills to just help me with my stress levels. I think, let's say, in about two weeks, it will start working. In about three, four days, my heart was fine. No more pain. And I realized it was anxiety all the time that I was facing and battling with. And it just grew so out of proportion. And I was just like, how did this anxiety come in. I've handled much more stress in my previous student years than in a work life, being an elder, having a girlfriend, new town. And I just feel the Lord. <laughs> okay, maybe not completely the same. Huh? <laughs> no, but it's really a blessing. And, um, yeah, so what I also felt is there was a time I think where the Lord had the grace for me to handle all those stresses I was facing. And now that I'm growing and maturing, it's like, okay, but now I need to take that grace off. You need to learn how to be wise and deal with the stress now effectively. You can't just be out socialing every single night, rest only two hours a week, not get enough sleep and think it's okay. Like I had no stress while I was doing that. I was chilled. Now I was sleeping enough, getting more things in boundaries and stressing, eh? <laughs> But the Lord is helping me deal with this effectively and healthily. So I can actually start thinking more healthily about these things, putting better boundaries in place. Yeah, so what I learned is sometimes you just need to get the facts checked out. <laughs> Don't just live on assumptions. Get the facts checked out. Make sure. Search. You can think correctly. Go to Scripture. What is the Lord telling you? Because that is truth. So in, in finishing... Um, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of trials in this life, eh? It's not going to stop. And for me, the assurance that I have is Jesus is an anchor for our souls. He's the one holding on to us. He's the one making intercession for us. 
while we were all dead in our sin, we had nothing to give. We were not like pretty in any way, full of sin. He actually came and died for us. He's the one who is our Savior. He's the one who's anchoring us. He's the one giving us the faith we need. Even when our faith is, is low and we're struggling. He's good. He's loving. He's kind. I'm not going to read Hebrews 6 now. It's actually what Justin also shared in a prayer meeting. But I also had the scripture here for my conclusion. Um, oh, let's read it. I think it's so beautiful. Hebrews 6 was 19 to 20. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is the one who went into the veil, He's the one making the session. He's the one holding on to us. I think going through the most difficult trials, knowing that He's stronger than us. Our hands can stop slipping, but His hand won't slip on us. But we need to go to Him. We need to run to Him. So I think with that, if, if you're realizing that, yo, but I don't have that anchor, eh? I've got a lot of struggles, a lot of trials. I think our ultimate trial is actually sin that Jesus came to save us from. That's the first thing we need to conquer. And only He can conquer it by the price He paid while dying on the cross for us. So if there's anyone here just thinking, um, yeah, it feels like, man, but I need an anchor for my soul. I need that assurance. Um, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yeah, I want to give opportunity um, to just raise your hand. We can pray the altar. Just give an indication if there's someone actually says, but I want to start putting my trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation um, of myself for the sins that I committed. If there's anyone. Okay. You can also speak afterwards if you want to. And then some things I just felt a response for is I think a lot of us are facing many challenges and many trials. And actually just to pray, pray for that a bit. Um, so you can just maybe just put up your hand. We don't have to go into details, but I'll, I'll pray for us. So if you're feeling there's a lot of trials you're going through at this moment, you're battling with it. And you just actually need some prayer. You can just lift your hands up. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. So let's, let's have a prayer of faith for these guys. Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray for every individual here, Lord, who has raised their hand, Lord, or even didn't, but they're really going through a battle, through a trial, Lord. I want to pray, Jesus, that you will help them to put their eyes on you again. That they will realize you are the one, you are the anchor in that storm. You will keep that boat secure. And Father, you will, you will, you will stir up a thankfulness in their hearts again, Lord. Realizing the small things, God. That God, you will be with their minds, Lord. You will protect their thoughts, Lord. So it will be in alignment with your scripture, Jesus. And I pray for your comfort, Lord, for each one of them. Because I know it's difficult, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will help them, Lord, to, to open and share with people around them so that in the end that they feel that they're not alone battling this thing out, but it's actually we're here for each other to bear one another's burdens. So I pray for them, Jesus. I pray for victory through the trials for each one of us, Lord. I pray for victory, Lord, that are not alone. In Jesus' name, amen.